Hello. Welcome to Postcolonial Space. I'm Masood Raja, and today I'll briefly introduce Kuratulan Hyder's book, River of Fire, in my series on book introductions. Now, it's a monumental novel, and the original novel was published in 1959 in Urdu, in Pakistan. And Kuratulain Haider was one of the most prominent Urdu authors and remained productive until the end of her life. She eventually moved back to India from Pakistan and then translated the novel, which was published in 1999, and she calls it a transcreation. So the Urdu title is Ag Kadariya, and the English title is River of Fire. This, in my opinion, and I've taught this novel, is probably one of the most comprehensive novel about India, 2,000 years of its history, but also about the partition between India and Pakistan. And uh, Haider uses an interesting technique in this novel. Uh, what she does is she uses recurring characters, characters whom we meet in the beginning of the novel, which is prehistoric India, and then characters who are in the 1940s. So they retain the same names. There are four or five recurring characters. For example, Gautam Nilambar. Gautam is a Hindu in the beginning of the novel as well as in the end, and he retains his name. Uh, then uh, uh, a few other characters, Muslim and others, also retains their name. Champa or Champak is one of the main female characters who retains her name. So that's the technique that she uses. Now what is the story that she is telling? Where does the title come from? That's one of the interesting things people ask me. Because the moment he, they see River of Fire and they make associations, often exotic associations with the East, and they think that the title somewhere has something to do with Hindu mythology or anything else. But it actually comes from uh, one of T.S. Eliot poems, uh, which is called The Dry Salvages, right? So the title comes from there. And how we know it, of course, is because in the Urdu version, in the very beginning of the book, she gives us a translation, an Urdu translation of the poem, which is omitted from the transcreation. And that's a T.S. Eliot poem, and the river of fire is mentioned in that poem. Other than that, the novel has kind of four distinct parts. The first part, as we enter the novel, we are in the life of Gautam, who is a student of uh, Brahmanism, right? He's, he's studying Hindu scriptures. So we are in probably 200 to 300, even more than that, I think 500 BC. And then we follow his life throughout his life until the tumultuous times, and then there is a huge jump, and we are into what would become the Muslim India in terms of the northern invasions of India and the establishment of the Muslim kingdoms and that time. And then from there, the fourth phase is where we enter the colonial time when India is under British colonialism. 
And finally, a long part of the novel, the last major part of the novel, deals with issues of partition, which I find to be a very significant part of the novel from the point of view of my scholarship. I published an article on it, I think, in 2007, because that's where she questions the assumptions behind the Indian and Pakistani nationalist movement and traces what happens to people, the group of friends, how this national divide impacts their behavior to each other, their own place in the world, and then eventually how do they start seeing each, each other as Indian and Pakistani, Hindu and Muslim. So overall, if you ever want to read a complex novel about India's history told through the lives of interesting characters, which covers kind of major phases of Indian history and then gives us part of the partition literature. This is the novel. Uh, there is, of course, one critique of the novel, both in Urdu as well as in English, that when you, when you meet the modern characters, uh, you're necessarily meeting, you know, your bourgeois middle-class characters with their sensitivities. But there are struggles there. The character of Champa in the last stage of the novel, to me, is probably one of the most interesting characters because she's an outsider, and she comes and joins this young upper-middle-class group. She's an outsider, but she joins them. She pretends to be part of them, even falls in love with Kamal, one of the recurring characters. But eventually, I think she is, to me, is the most interesting character because she, after the partition, decides not to move. Her family decides to stay in India. And then Champa, who had tried to be part of the upper middle class, goes back to her small community, but doesn't just stay at home. She becomes involved in the poor community where she is from and kind of claims her identity. The other strong female character is character of Talat. She's the one who moves to Pakistan. Similarly, Kamal moves to Pakistan. And then we also see how for so many people this move from India to Pakistan kind of diminishes their social standing, but also by joining the new nation and its institutions, some people you know, rise in the new state. So all of those possibilities of loss and gain, the novel does a really great job uh, of teaching us about those. There's another instructive passage in the novel when people are thinking about their Indian and Pakistani identity and Kamal, you know, he's a Muslim. And someone says to him that now if E.M. Forster wrote a novel about India now, you would not be considered an Indian main character. Now remember, in Forrester's A Passage to India, the leading character, Dr. Aziz, is a Muslim, right? But after the partition, India sort of symbolically, predominantly, is imagined to be Hindu. So all of these issues form part of the novel. I have taught it several times. It takes a lot of preparation to teach the novel because Obviously, you have to research the Indian history. You have to research the history of partition. And then there are, there are quite a few subtleties in the novel that will only be accessible to someone who can read the novel in original. 
Now, another important thing to note down is that the transcreation is not necessarily a literal translation of the novel itself. Formalistically, the original Urdu novel didn't have chapter breaks, but uh, the English version has different sections and chapter breaks, and there is more historical detail added in the novel in the English version. For example, the most astonishing part of the novel for me is to read the history of Hazrat Mahal, the Queen of Awadh, who also rises against the East India Company in 1857 and is eventually exiled to uh, Nepal and uh, to Burma, actually, sorry, which is now Myanmar. And uh, the story of Hazrat Mahal is elaborated more in the English version and the tragedy of her life but also how she was able to rule over a mixed lot of nobles, including Hindu nobles who stood by her after her armies are defeated. So these are some of the themes. Time itself is a theme. India itself is a theme as an eternal, somehow part of the history, which is kind of stopped in its tracks because of the partition. That's a big theme. And there is a great sense of loss in the novel about the partition itself, right? And it's represented through the lives of characters who had lived together as friends despite their religious and regional differences and how this divide on national lines impacts their lives. So overall, I consider River of Fire probably the finest novel by an Indian Pakistani Urdu author, and no course on South Asian literary studies which teaches the novel of India or a novel about India uh, should you know, be planned without teaching the river of fire. Now, if the novel had been translated when it came out in 1959, a lot of criti critics believed that it would be in the same a galaxy as 100 Years of Solitude and all the other great novels that became greater because of the translation. In its Urdu version, it won the highest award in Pakistan and also uh, won the highest award in India. So it's a highly celebrated novel. In Urdu criticism, Aqadariya is considered a novel that changed the way Urdu novel is written. So please find some time to read the novel find out some more about Kuratulan Haider, who lived a free and independent life, never married, was a, you know, a very strong woman, and was looked up to by hundreds and hundreds of Indian Pakistani authors. Uh, so find some time to read the novel this summer or whenever you have time, and I hope this was informative enough for you. Uh, if you have any questions, of course, as always, feel free to leave me some comments. I'll be happy to answer any questions. And uh, as always, thank you so much for being a part of my life. And I will now see you next time with something else. Until then, take care and peace and love.